0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Optimist Chronicles, your new favorite place to feel all of your feelings, have a weekly safe space for your emotions, your personal evolution, self-discoveries, anything and everything that can help you connect to your inner optimist and ultimately reconnect to who you are and your inner joy. I am Anna Marie Green and I am your host. So in this episode, and thank you for joining me by the way, we're gonna kind of talk about just like an introduction, who I am, you know, build a build a rapport together, and talk about how the Optimist Chronicles came to be, why I created it, my goals, and just kind of little odds and ends. So by the end of this episode, you'll really get, know me on a personal level. And hopefully you will feel comfortable with this being one of your new safe spaces to exist in this world. What's special about this episode, besides it being my first episode, is that it's also being released on my birthday. So yay, happy birthday to me and all my fellow (laughs) Leos out there. Um, I was actually making a joke the other day with someone about how I have a son in Leo a moon in cancer and a rising in gemini so technically i have been celebrating myself in some capacity for the last you know three seasons (laughs) uh three astrological seasons anyway so let's get into today's episode let's kind of start off with who the heck am i if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of the first couple listeners there's probably a decent amount of you that know me personally out in the world, out in the wild. So welcome. Um I hope that you feel a little bit more connected to me in this, you know, space as well. If you have never met me and we've never really interacted, also welcome. I'm so excited to have you in So I am a clinical therapist based out of Detroit, Michigan or Metro Detroit area. I have been working in therapy for the last two years. You know, right smack dab in the pandemic was when I started. I went to the University of Pitt for grad school. I got my MSW. I went to this beautiful, wonderful little school in Western PA called St. Francis University for undergrad. My heart will, al- that school will always have my heart because it was one of the most profound experiences for me and i made lifelong lifelong friends so just a little blurb about my (laughs) my undergraduate alma mater so the optimist chronicles has been something that that i have wanted to create Um, i've actually wanted to create a podcast since i was in grad school i remember talking to one of my best friends and i was like i just feel like i have a lot to share and i have a lot to say i love talking to people and connecting with them and i think that people would get a kick out of my life because it is just so unreal sometimes. Um, And at the time I was, I wanted to make a podcast kind of just to share and create space for other single moms who were going to school or working full time. And just as like a kind of thing to make people laugh, make people feel connected, um, create community. But that never, I mean, obviously that never got off the ground um, or I never took it anywhere. So about a year ago, I was kind of playing around with different things that I wanted out of my career in mental health as a therapist. Um, I knew that I wanted to eventually open up my own practice and make it my own because I always want to make things my own. And I had had a couple like titles, working titles for what I would have a pod, what my podcast would be named. And I didn't really want to nail it to any specific topic or any specific thing because I wanted it to feel free and open and and flowy because that's kind of how I am. And um, and I didn't know this at the time because I wasn't as leaned into my intuition and my spirituality, but I wanted it to feel more intuitive and I wanted it to feel, you know, what energies was I picking up on that people needed to hear or needed to experience. So finally, this in the last you know month I was like I really want to do this I want to talk to people what pushed me over the edge to like buy the equipment and start recording was I recently went on a trip to Greece with my younger sister and we were um, part of a group and somebody in the group he was hearing me talk about my work and I had psychoanalyzed somebody in the group because they had asked they were like oh psychoanalyze analyze me do me which is the first time that's ever happened as if it's some sort of party trick. I even surprised myself with how well it went, but she explained what she was experiencing through the anxiety languages, which I talk about in the next episode. Very excited. And as I was talking and explaining and breaking things down or why her be- why she was stuck in these behavior patterns or and why she was feeling struggling with these emotions, you know, he said, "I love hearing you talk. You you should start a podcast." And I was like, "That's really funny because I've always wanted to start a podcast." So here we are. So finally this in the last, you know, month I was like, I really want to do this. And my to you through this podcast that it is a place that you can come to every week or whenever you decide to listen to it and you feel seen and valued, you laugh, you cry, maybe you even feel challenged a little bit. And it pushes you outside of your emotional comfort zone but it also feels like it's a place you can come without feeling judged where all of your emotions every side and part of you is accepted and is loved and appreciated because that's what living and experiencing life is about every single part of you deserves to come to the table and be seated at the table and experience life even the parts of you that are like no this is bad or i'm ashamed or i'm guilty or or i'm afraid or and i don't want this people to know this this and this about me but those parts of you equally deserve their time in the sun and they're a part of you and who you are and what you are and all of your experiences make you, you make you beautiful, make you unique. And I am so excited to, to meet all of you, um, to get feedback or, you know, hear how different episodes made you feel. I hope that it's all those things for you. And if it's not, that's okay. I tell, um, People all the time who are like, oh, I want to work with you. And I kind of preface it. I, I give them kind of like a warning. I'm like, I am not the therapist for you if you don't actually wanna get to the root of things. My clients and I get underneath and dig deep so fast that sometimes I have to like check myself. I'm like, whoa, am I like it's am I doing everything <laughs> the way that it needs to be done? Um, But that's because I'm in my superpower. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And it has taken me a long time to admit what my natural talents are and how to use them for the greatest and highest good of everyone around me as well as myself. But yeah, so some of these things might make you uncomfortable and it might not be your style of of working and, and getting to a new, you know, emotional health upgrade. But I... I do challenge my clients and I want to challenge you because part of living and experiencing life is actually facing yourself and actually facing your experiences so that you can come out on the other side. And I have helped dozens of people. I've worked with at least 100 clients, give or take more in the last two years, totally transform and who they are and what their life looks like. I have so many clients I'm so, so proud of where, you know, now they're down to, we were seeing each other twice a week, once a week, and now they're down to like once a month. It's been great. I recently launched a coaching program because I realized that there were some elements of therapy that I didn't really love and didn't feel fully aligned with me. And I wanted to have a, be able to have a deeper connection with my clients. So I've actually started to move, um, out of the, you know, direct therapy um, space and into this holding a deep container for individuals to make these deep emotional upgrades, whatever that looks like for them and to uncover different parts of themselves, reconnect with themselves, understand who they are, why things are happening. And so I've created coaching program as well as there's two other offerings that I have, but it's all around embracing these past experiences to understand why our lives look the way that they do now, why we feel unsettled or anxious or depressed. Those feelings are opportunities for us to journey back to ourselves. Anxiety is about a disconnect from ourselves and depression is about unexpressed anger that we turn inwards towards ourselves. And it's Obviously, a little bit more complex with each person in each situation, but generally, that is what I see, and that is what my clients' experiences have been. And so, when we work together, we focus on meeting yourself wherever you're at. So, if you had an intense emotional events, I call them IEEs instead of trauma, because trauma can look different for everyone. If you have an IEE, you know, when you're seven or eight, that made you suppress who you were. And you're carrying that emotion as a, as a way of like survival. You know, you can't, and you're suppressing who you are on the inside because of this event. In that emotion, in that area, especially if it was something like that physically happened, you're still that age, you're processing emotions, you're experiencing life in that place it's stuck and it it holds you back it can make you feel all kinds of things long story short i don't want to go on a tangent here my clients go through you know these these upgrades very like quickly that's why i have a nine month container you know some people are in therapy for years i've had people who are like i was in therapy for six seven years and i have never made these kinds of changes until we started working together and the person I'm specifically thinking of, she seeing changes and experiencing life totally different after like four or five months. So even listening to this, you know, it could create a lot of changes for you, and I'm so excited. So if it does, absolutely reach out. I'm so <laughs> I love hearing people's stories and and helping you wherever I can. So now I kind of want to dive into a little bit more about me instead of just my work, and kind of what brought me to therapy because if you know me from college or high school this was not a part of my 10-year plan and yes i was one of those people who had a whole like 10-year plan where i was going to be what i was going to do i gave myself some options like you know i could go to to upenn for grad school or go to trinity in ireland for grad school what i had planned for myself looked totally different i did not want to touch therapy or clinical mental health work with a nine foot rod it was mental health and clinical practice was really scary for me Uh, I didn't feel that I had the bandwidth to deal with helping people through these really traumatic things without getting my own feelings in it essentially I was like you know, I guess part of me saw my complete lack of boundaries um, with other people and was like, oh, yeah, no, you can't do that. And I remember college professors being like, you have this natural ability. We had these scene practicums and you had to, pa- they were pass-fail. So you either passed them or you didn't. And if you did not pass them, you could not graduate with a BSW. And I remember not studying and not being worried about it. Like, until like right before i went in and i saw that my my classmates were so stressed and so anxious and they were like oh my god oh my god i can't i can't believe we have to do this like they were doubting themselves and i'm very sensitive to other people's emotions i pick them up and a lot of times sometimes almost like magnify them and i think it's one of the reasons you know that helps me with therapy is that it helps me to really understand the depths of stuff but i i walked in there and i i just I just flowed. I knew exactly what to do and body language, tone, questions, which direction. And it was weird because you have this panel watching you and judging everything, your body language, your eye contact, the tone, which order you're addressing the issues. Because for a generalist social worker, you view everyone as a system. So if someone comes in, they're like, I'm an alcoholic and I don't have a job and I, you know, I don't have my kids are, you know, you, you treat the whole family system. Um, and you also, you know, you make recommendations based off of the system issues. Um, and I was one of two students who got outstanding, um, score, like, and I forget if that's like a perfect score, but afterwards the panel was just like, you are so good. You know, you can tell that you're deeply listening and that you care and and it's just a natural thing for you and I was like oh thank you I have no intention of doing this after I leave (laughs) after I leave this school after I get my degree and I'm gonna go I wanted to do macro social work Um, specifically I wanted to bring my little social work my, my social work mindset and work ethic into corporate America and help corporations change so that there could be a little bit more love and humanistic views to things as opposed to just being, you know, money hungry, they, um, systems. And I remember my, my big thing was like, you can make money and do good and change the world and, and help benefit everyone around you. And I still was, that was my thing up until 2020 after I graduated grad school, but a lot changed for me. And starting in 2017, So this is uh, I get that was probably the first big thing in this personal transformation and what brought me to my breaking point in 2020 where I had this huge emotional breakdown and I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. I was so angry and sad and I felt like a failure, um, which brought me into therapy personally, but also professionally. I was like, okay. Like I, this is a way for me to have a a deeper connection with people, and I know I'm good at it, right? I'm just like I was told I can do this, and I, and so why not? But in 2017, um, my junior, my spring semester, junior year of college, I found out that I was pregnant, with my now almost five year old daughter, and that shook my entire world, turned it entirely upside down. There was a lot of shame and guilt. On the fact that I was letting I felt like I was letting everyone around me down Um, it also felt really hard for me because I am somebody or I was somebody who plays it very close to the chest and I didn't I don't ever air my grievances publicly I don't talk about it I remember dating uh, my high school boyfriend and sometimes he would try to like have a dispute in front of other people and I was like, immediately no. And it would just make me more mad for later because I was like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you talk about a problem we have together when we are not in private? Um, cause and that's how my parents kind of taught us, you know, with siblings. You can fight like cats and dogs when you're home, but when you're out in public, you are one unit and you don't fight. You, you, sir and ma'am, you are the idealist children. you very respectful. And we were. Um, that was never a question. Becoming pregnant, I had, it's that started. I had the biggest breakdown ever. I remember, my my boyfriend, my my partner at the time. He, I didn't want to take a pregnancy test, and he and I. It had been. I hadn't had my period since like November, but I, my period has always kind of been like, ooh, it does what it wants and is very. It depends on what I'm eating and all that kind of stuff. And it was after the first week of classes. So we'd gotten through the first week and for whatever reason around New Year's, I was just like, Hey, I'm not going to drink until like spring break this year. It's like, I want to kind of be healthy. I want to, I don't want to feel like I have to be drunk all the time. So I'm just not going to drink at all for for no, (laughs) knowing cleanest to the fact that I was growing a a small human inside of my body. Um, and he was kind of like, I think you should just just take a pregnancy test. It's been a while since you've had your period. Just he's like you don't have to, but I bought one. It's on my dresser. And my best friend um who is also my daughter's godmother, we sometimes we talk about it when we talk about uh, Brian and she's like, "Man, it is seared in my memory us walking downstairs in Frankie's, which is um this like cafe at our school." And I had casually brought up like Brian brought bought this pregnancy test. And I'm annoyed with him because he bought it. And I told him I don't really need to take one. Like, I'm fine. And she was like, well, is there a possibility that you're pregnant? And I hesitated. I was like, well, I mean, a little. But, like, no. And we were both quiet for a second. And then I went to class. And she went a different way. And the next time that we interacted was when she was in class. And I had just taken a pregnancy test and i remember reading the instructions and it was like wait 2 minutes for the result that shit popped up in 30 seconds the second blue line, the pink second pink line and i was like oh nope and i remember being like okay god very very funny haha okay won't have sex again um now show me the real the real result show me the negative one because i'm i'm not pregnant and i took the second one and again within 30 seconds Honestly, within 15 seconds, second pink line, and in the middle of this disgusting frat house bathroom, because my boyfriend was in a fraternity and he lived in the house, (laughs) I collapsed onto the floor and sobbed violently, and the only thing I could get out was a text message (laughs) to my best friend saying, I need you right now, and she promptly got up out of class, which if you know her, she never does. She doesn't skip class. She, she is the smartest mother elfer on this planet. And she's also like the kindest. And she never skips class. She doesn't break rules. It's just not her thing. It's fine. She's She is the organization to my chaos. <laughs> um, and she got up and she walked over to the house and she picked me up off the floor. And she was like, I'm going to be with you through this whole thing. She was like, whether it is next week and we're, you know, going to a planned parenthood or if it's nine months down the road from now and you're in a hospital and you're giving birth to a, to, to this, the, the baby, um, or if you're going to adopt, she immediately, like, you know, she, she picked me up and, but that was a really tremendous moment for me when I look back on my spiritual and emotional journey and my reconnecting to myself, because it undid this facade that I had been building where everything has to be perfect. And I am perfect and I, and I keep everything close to the chest becoming pregnant and becoming a mother and a single mother at a time that is most inconvenient um, where I have really not any resources outside of like my family. And um, and I still have to finish school and, and all this stuff. It, I had to ask for help I had to reach out to others I had to push myself to be more emotionally vulnerable and open with people which is something I did not do I was very cold like as much as I've always been a sensitive person I was a very cold person I if I didn't like the way something was I would cut the relationship off or I would um it just was really hard to get close to so props to my best friends um Sarah and Anna and my, um, and my partner at the time, Brian, um, who's, he's passed now, but I was not an easy person (laughs) to, to get along with. And I had lots of other really close friends in, in school who are, were just very patient with me. Um, but especially for my family, it like pushed all of this stuff to the front that I don't think I would have dealt with just naturally. Um, and I learned different things about my family and my, my, like my mother's experiences and journeys that changed the way that I interacted and saw her. Um, but that was kind of the first thing, um, jumping forward to, to 2019, I was in grad school. So I was a, a, a joint degree um student i was law school and msw and i had just finished you know for that program you do your msw schooling first so i just finished my first year in grad school um, with my msw classes and then your second year you do um your second and third year you do law um and i was about to start law and my partner um and one of my very best friends And the person that I loved very, very deeply and do love very, very deeply, father of my child, um, he passed away, he committed suicide, and it was really, it's still very hard, (laughs) but it was very, very hard um, for me because he was, I mean, because it is a hard thing for anyone to experience. Um, but for my own personal experience and, and my perspective, um, he was the first person that I ever let in so deeply. Um, the next was, you know, my best friends in college. Um, but he was the first person that I let know me and who I felt actually saw me underneath. He could just tell he could, tell the bullshit front that I would put up for everyone else and he didn't buy it ever he was and he was so sarcastic about it he was he was he drove me crazy in the best possible way and I loved that he challenged me and I loved that he saw me and accepted me and just was the most patient human being on the face of this planet um and god we were so young um when when we got pregnant and he also loved very, very deeply and he adored our daughter. Um, but he had so much, so many things going on mentally that he didn't share with any of us. Um, and so it was a surprise. Um, I had just learned, and I think that first year of my daughter's life, um, I just learned how, how much he, I was starting to learn how much he was struggling and, I, God, that broke me (laughs) for a really long time. Um, his death broke me. Um, or I guess relatively not a really long time, but it felt like a really long time for me because if grief is like this tunnel that you know that there's a light because other people survive it and you hear stories of other people surviving it, but you just can't see the light and you're just overcome with these waves. You feel like you're constantly drowning. And I was so angry. Oh God, I was so angry with him. Um, With him, with me. No, so that was the next event, major event that I was, and all of these events, while I'm experiencing them, I'm pushing them back inside myself. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is just, here's just another notch on your belt in the sense of like traumas you've experienced that will make you, more impressive when you get to the top of whatever work ladder that you're climbing. When you, you know, when you talk to people like, Oh yeah, I'm a single mom and I'm, I'm a, I'm a disabled African American single mother and my partner died. And you know, it was just something I was like, okay, it's fine. We're, and we're going to, we're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep like that semester that I went back to school. I had two part-time jobs and I also still socialized and oh god I it was I did everything and anything to avoid my own emotions it was it was a lot and that led us to 2020 where uh, my daughter wasn't living with me at the time because she came to Michigan later and I had had like these career issues and and obstacles and I was struggling with my own identity struggling with who I was I felt like I was this like terrible person because I had been faking so much and which in the next episode when we talk about the anxiety languages you'll hear you'll understand you know some of the things I was experiencing but I truly I just I broke down I remember there was like a month and a half where I was just sobbing on the floor of my shower. Um, And kind of like, why am I here? Like why my daughter deserves better. You know, my family deserves better. I'm, what do I even contribute? Like just questioning every aspect of my, of who I am and my existence and just really confused and angry with God I was also confused because I was opening up spiritually in different ways and i and I had been for since since I had scarlet um but it was that was my breaking point um and I also discovered um a childhood trauma that had been locked away in my in my uh my cranium um <laughs> my whole life um that also explained various things. For me, later on in life, and my and some of my current behaviors and my um, my trust issues and all that kind of stuff, and when I when I'm ready, I'll talk a little bit more <laughs> in depth about that probably in a, in a later episode. But that led me into I wanted to connect with people. I wanted to I wanted to, to find myself, um, and I and I did I. I took some time and I started rebuilding and I started seeing a therapist and I did took all of these steps, um, the same kind of steps that I help my clients, you know, my clients do and and reach my emotional evolution came from these, these pain points and I, they forced me, you know, suppressing them, the buildup eventually forced me to have to face them and have to face who I am and who, and who I actually wanted to be the person that I've been hiding for my entire life because of various traumas, because of various things. And so that's a little bit of how I got into this field, into this work. So my healing journey took, you know, about four to five years, if we're starting from 2017. And my goal with working with people is that I don't ever want anyone to have to to have to take the long road in which I did where you're still, a, you know, okay, you have one big event, one big IEE and then you're like, okay, no, 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 I can still go back to business as usual. I can still go back to working and grinding and letting other people define who I am and, and what success looks like and and then just wait for another big one until you eventually hit a breaking point and you cannot function. I don't want you to have to experience that so sharing my journey and using what i learned about myself and how i came out of my 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 breakdown and i and learning about what my superpowers are and how i can help people you know how i can distract not distract them but disrupt the patterns and help you reconnect with joy that's really why i'm here that's what lights me up that's what i love to do when somebody tells me like oh my god that's me like that's you got it you like, I don't understand how you know I wasn't seeing this and how you did see this, but this that's a thing. I get so excited because that is half the battle is just seeing and under and, and then being able to understand from there so that you can make moves that are aligned with what you need. And to give you guys some of the game plan of what these episodes are kind of going to look like or what we're going to talk about. So, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, episode two I already have planned out. But that one is going to be about anxiety and its languages. And I'm very, very excited. But most of the time, so these episodes are really going to be about anything and everything that I feel is going to help you connect to or could help you connect to inner joy, your inner optimist, that cheerleader that is buried inside of you that we've had our whole lives, both society and our life events and our environments suppress it. But that little cheerleader that sees all of your potential and everything that you can accomplish and just loves you so much and just wants to shower you with love and positivity that you have not connected with in years. Yeah. We want that little cheerleader, that optimist to come out because that is what's going to help you help you live and experience life. If you don't, aren't connected with that inner optimist, you're not connected to your inner joy and who you are. You're not living. You're just floating and it <laughs> and sounds like a silly um a silly analogy but living life experiencing life is about experiencing your emotions having your emotions feeling them what are they trying to tell you what are they trying to teach you that is how our soul communicates with us and it is a beautiful thing if we let it happen it can get it can get messy it can get uncomfortable but that is okay you know we talk about wanting to experience happiness and like everyone is like, Oh no, I just want to, just want to be happy. I just want to do this. I just want to do that. But we're not actually taking the time to understand what happiness looks like for us. It's not going to look the same. It's not necessarily a house with a dog or, you know, a partner in a house and a dog and kids. It's going to look different for everyone. And if we're not letting our emotions lead us, then we're never going to experience happiness. You can experience happiness without experiencing other emotions. It's not natural. It's not plausible. You'll hear me say this a ton on this podcast. Compartmentalizing your emotions is not a thing. You can try. It might it might suppress what you want to suppress, but what ends up happening is that numbness will just leak on over everywhere else. Or whatever it is. If it's numbness, if it's, you know, you just want to process anger instead of sadness and vulnerability, that anger is gonna spread out to all the other sectors. And it's gonna make it really hard to feel happiness and joy because you're only letting yourself feel these very specific things. On to more lighthearted things, um, for the end part of this podcast episode. I like I said earlier, I'm a Leo Sun, I'm a Cancer Moon, I'm a Gemini Rising, I'm a 6'2 generator in human design. I have a beautiful daughter, I live with my best friend um my my daughter's godmom absolutely love to bake like i i adore it is so fun for me and like i said earlier it's my birthday so of course a natural birthday style we're gonna briefly dip into the topic of celebrating yourself and when i mean celebrating yourself yeah it can look like going out dancing and drinking and like partying it up but i mean the emotional aspect of celebrating yourself and this is something i've had to learn um, and I always have to kind of check myself to make sure that I am doing that. What does it look like to celebrate yourself? Not just like, okay, who's around me and who's celebrating me? Because right when you're looking for other people to celebrate, let's take, you know, your birthday. Cause I naturally am a Leo. I care about my birthday. I like when celebrating my birthday with other people. But if you are relying on other people to celebrate your birthday, to make a, a fuss of your birthday in order to feel valued and worthy, Then that's saying that you can't experience your own happiness, your own pride, unless it's through other people and it takes away your power and it also shows how you're not comfortable with yourself and you're not actually proud of yourself. You need other people to be proud in order to, to be given permission, celebrating yourself at any time of the year, but especially around your birthday is about going inwards And deeply feeling and sending yourself love and support and encouragement. And this can look like, you know, meditating for me. I always like to put my hands on my chest, closing my eyes. And feeling the love and appreciation and pride that I have for all that I've accomplished, all that I've gone through, and what I'm doing for myself, for my daughter, um, and how beautiful my soul is. I, I try to take time to really sit in that and that's important for you to do as well and if there are uncomfy feelings that come up or there's something blocking you from feeling that pride and and that love then that's something that needs to be explored but I think that there's this big focus and I get it um because it is fun to go out with your friends and trust me I I love it (laughs) but there's this big focus on like celebrating yourself on a surface level and with you know material things or you know, through other people when celebrating yourself is a very very deep spiritual and emotional experience that you should be doing at least once a year around your birthday. But I highly recommend like once a week. And it's so important to do that because think about the way that you want your friends and your family to show up for you 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 want them to celebrate you you want to feel valued you want to feel like you're important to them the things that you deeply desperately want from the people around you are the things that you deeply and desperately want from yourself you can't control other people You can't control their behaviors or their thoughts or their feelings, but you can control how you're showing up for yourself. I just talked to a client the other day. We were talking about her relationship with her mother, and she was like, I just want her to nurture me, to hold space for me. We don't even have to do anything, just like sitting with me and and listening to me. And I said, do you do that for yourself? Do you sit with yourself? Do you listen to yourself? Do you reflect and hold space for yourself in love and in support. And she was like, oh, no. well, of course you desperately want that from your mother, and and you just you know we all deserve a relationship with our mothers that would that our highest and greatest good wants. But we can't control our moms, and we have to also see them as as other humans. Um, and that's anyone, you know, they're just we're just other humans, and you, we can't control each other. But you can show up for yourself in the way that you want somebody else to show up for you, because you are the person that you have your entire life." And I mean that in the most beautiful way. There are tons of people in this world that will come into your life, and some will be here for a while. Some will stay for your whole life. Some will just be for seasons. But you and you're going to change as a person, and you have yourself your whole life. And exploring who you are and being there and nurturing yourself, remothering yourself if you need is such a powerful thing. And so, if it is around your birthday, you're also a Leo or you're coming off of cancer season celebrate yourself but I mean that on an emotional level sit journal meditate take pride in yourself hang hang up an accomplishment that you did or write a list of accomplishments that you had and focus on the feeling how did you make yourself feel this year truly and if it's not positive why and is the posit- is the not positivity, well, I said that weird, whatever, <laughs> is the negativity or the traditionally negative emotions, like I'm disappointed or, you know, I'm sad with myself. Where is it from? Where did you get that idea? And break it down. A lot of times my clients are like, yeah, I'm just, I don't feel smart or I don't feel successful. Their idea and their outlook of themselves is not from them. It's from something or someone else. So I challenge you this week to celebrate yourself, you know, if, if not for your own sake of emotional upgrading, but as a little birthday gift to me, I guess. <laughs> I hope you guys have a wonderful, beautiful week filled with vibrant, colorful experiences that make you feel alive. And I will see you back here next week or later this week, I haven't decided when I'm going to release the second episode. It's pr- going to be whenever I finish the editing and figure it out because I'm still, um, I'm still learning all the tricks and the trades of, of podcasting. But I look forward to meeting you here again. And I'm, and like I said, I'm so excited to share with you about the anxiety languages. This is like my favorite thing to talk about because it's so exciting and it is so transformative to learn. Um, I'm actually going to be doing a workshop with people in my local area at the gym in the upcoming months i have to plan it out but i'm so excited thank you so much for joining me i have loved getting to know you and you getting to know me um i can already feel like the energies of the people who are who are going to be listening to this and welcome and i will see you next time So if you don't know me, my name is Anna Marie Green. I'm a clinical therapist turned emotional wellness coach. And you just listen to The Optimist Chronicles. I hope you'll join me every week to learn about how to reconnect with your inner optimist and just live a more vibrant and colorful life. I'll see you there. Have a great day. Remember, you got this.